0: Would you bow with me for a moment, Father? Thank you again that when you sent your spirit, you said that he would open our minds, our eyes, he would teach us all things, empowering us to understand what we never could with the flesh. And so I thank you again, Holy Spirit, that you have prepared every one of our hearts and our minds for what you are wanting to say here this morning. Before we begin, I ask for a fresh possession, Holy Spirit, take literal possession My mind, my mouth, every part of me just flow through me. I surrender myself as your instrument. With the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic entity that would steal and kill and destroy the seed that's going to be sown. I command you to release every person and be outside the walls of this building now in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask again that you would open up ears, every ear in this place. We know that you are always speaking. And today, would you allow your children to hear your words, words I'm not going to say, but you will say directly to them and let them have their full impact. And so I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in these next moments. May we never be the same again in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. One um, One of the things that is being shoved down our throat in this world that we live in today, and I think we're all aware of it, is... The teaching that says men and women are equal. There is no difference. We've all heard that, right? We are wrapped up in a gender issue that has never existed in the world before. Um, On the government slips now, I think there's 11 different genders that you can write down. You you write down what you are and nobody can question. Right now the laws are changing, so nobody can even ask you if you're a male or female. They can't do that. But the movement began a lot of years ago to try and teach us that men and women are exactly the same. There's no different. Now, I don't want to get into that this morning, but what I want to say is this. It is absolutely possible for men and women to be totally equal in value, totally equal in honor, totally equal in respect, totally equal in worth, but be totally different when it comes to the way we're made and what we can do. To be able to go that a man can do what a woman can do, all you have to do is ask a man and he will go, are you kidding? I am proof that I am not able to do what a woman can do. Just ask any man who's truthful. And the reality is, if you asked any woman if she can do what a man can do, they would say, no, and I really don't want to. God did not design women to do what men were designed to do, and did not design us to do what you women are designed to do. A number of years ago, and I think a lot of you read it, the book that came out by Gray said, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Is that the order? Right? It was a period of time coming out of the movement where everybody was trying to equalize, and so this secular writer writes this book and makes it aware to everybody that, look at guys, this is, this is not true. All you, have to be do, all you have to do is be married for a day and you know that you're not the same. And the longer that you are married, you recognize there's a huge difference between the two and I think God puts together to be a sandpaper to make us more like Christ, but we won't get into that. But tried to make the difference that, make the statement that we're different. I, I just want to just tell you one thing. This, this was so funny. A number of years ago, wasn't that many, it was probably two or three years ago, there was a book that came out on the market and it was a book that is titled, this isn't a book, I just had to put it together because I didn't get it, but it's a book that said, What Men Think. Did anybody ever buy that book? Okay. What Men Think. So the book, the interesting thing about this book is that when they printed the book, they made it so it had a plastic cover over top of it so you could not Open the book up before you bought it. You had to buy the book with the plastic on it. You buy the book, right? So, I mean, it just captured the market. It captured it. I'll tell you a little bit more, you know, the reason why. But it, but it captured, someone went out and said, man, I, I've been married to this person so long. I have no idea what men think. I have no idea what my husband thinks. Can I just say to you, 30 years doesn't guarantee you know how your man's mind works. It, I can hear an amen. Is there an amen anywhere? Yeah, some, some of you, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, this person printed the book, put the title What Men Think, put it in plastic, put it on the bookshelf. Women began to buy this book to understand their men. They took it. They, they undid the plastic. It wasn't the glad garbage bag, but they undid the plastic. They opened up the book and the book was totally blank pages. The entire book was blank. And the men, it was it was. It was. It was like a $20 book. Now, the fascinating thing is, is that when they opened up the book, there was a part of them that was like totally disappointed and a part of it that was got it, got it. My man doesn't think. (laughs) So when a woman says to a man, what are you thinking? He goes, nothing. You can go, that's true. That's totally true. Well, the funny thing is, like wildfire, women bought the book, were so thought it was just absolutely humorous they began telling their other women friends that, that book sold over a million copies. That person made like $29 million or whatever writing a book that said what men think with not a single word in it. Now, let me just say it's, it's not totally true, right? Because I'm a man and I do know that I think. But the point was that women think differently than men. And can I just say this to you, and I'm going to show this to you in a bit. God made us incredibly different, beginning with our minds. Some of you know the name Mark Gungor. Mark Gungor. Okay? I just got to tell you one joke before we begin. There was, God, God came to this guy and said, I would like you to do something for me. He goes, anything, God. I'll, I'll do anything for you. He said, I would like you to build a highway from Los Angeles to the Hawaiian Islands. I want you to build a highway going across the ocean. He goes, God, that's impossible. God says, I'd like you to do that. If you don't, I'll give you the choice to do something else. And he goes, God, it can't be done. He goes, what's the other one? He said, okay. God said, okay. I would like you to write a book explaining about how a woman's mind works. The man looks at God and said, would you like that two lanes or four? Okay. It was a joke, but really, the truth was, for a man to capture how a woman's mind works, we're, we're not designed that way, because we think absolutely differently. Mark Gungor, I, I think, in his, in his humorous way of doing it, if anybody has ever seen the, um, uh, his teaching series, it's, it's really quite amazing... He describes it like this, and I think, I think it's one of, the, one of the best pictures when it comes to understanding. He said, this is a man's mind. I just pulled this out of a garage because it, it had the best picture. He goes, a man's mind, he said, all it really is, he said, it is a chest of drawers, and a man has the ability to open up this drawer... Open up a mind and go, I'm, I'm going to think about finances right now. He thinks about finances, does whatever he needs to with finances. When he's all done, he closes the drawer. If all the drawers are closed and you ask a man, what are you thinking? He'll go, nothing. And it's true. If all the drawers are closed, he can be there and think about nothing. Men can do that. But a man can think about finance, deal with it, close the drawer, not think about finance, instantly move on to, oh, I'm going to have a game of pool, be totally consumed with a pool game after the pool game is done. He goes and he goes, sweetheart, is supper ready, sits down, enjoys the supper. That's where he is. And after that, he can go outside and he changes the oil. That's where his mind is. And he goes to bed after a day and he goes, sweetheart, let, let's make love. His mind is right. He can just close it, open it, close it, just, just like that. And it's like, how can your mind, you, you were just changing oil and now you're wanting to be intimate. How can you do that? No problem. Just close the drawer, opened up a new one, and I'm there. He said, a man's mind is a bunch of drawers. That's all we do is open and close, open and close. Very seldom, he says, will you find a man who has two drawers open at one time? Very seldom. So it's not a joke, but people say it all the time that women are multitaskers, right? How often do you look at a man and go, wow, you're a multitasker? How how often do you hear that? Men, have any of you ever heard, wow, you're a multitasker? No, not about yourself, Rod. Has anybody told you that? Okay? We as men don't get that. This past week, I was in a conversation with women, and they they were doing things, and it came up in the conversation three times this past week where the comment was made, wow, you are a great multitasker. And I go, yeah, that's just the way we are. That's the way we're made. The way Gungor described it, and I think it's really quite amazing, he says... A woman's mind, and I didn't use wire this morning, but that's what he used. He said, a woman's mind is a whole bunch of wires that are all wrapped up in one big ball. Everything is touching everything. And he goes, a woman has one thought. It touches everything else. But there's like 15 things going on all at the same time, and they're all interacting with each other. He goes, this is a woman's mind, and this is a man's mind. And so for people to go, God made us the same, okay, it's absolute idiocy, because the truth is, he did not make us the same. Gungor gets into it where he talks about couples and relationships and he says, that's why romance for a woman begins at the breakfast table because you, as a man, have to get all of these wires firing on the right cylinders all day long before they get to the point where they're even interested in intimacy. For a man, he just has to finish changing oil. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? The point is, uh, the, the point is God made us different. Now, I want to tell you where I'm going this morning because Mother's Day, Lord laid it upon my heart. Because a woman's mind is like this, if I was the enemy, my goal would be to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. That would be my goal. The Bible says this, be anxious for nothing. I don't want you to raise your hand, but if you are a woman, whether you're a mother or not, if you're a woman in this place and your mind is the way interconnected the whole deal. If I were to say to you, have you mastered the goal of being anxious for nothing? How many women do you know are at a point where there is no stress, there is no anxiety, there's no worry, there's no thought. In fact, you walk up to a woman and say, what are you thinking? And she'll go, nothing. Okay, I don't know if that's ever been. You walk up to a woman and they go, nothing. I'm not thinking anything. No, to think that, you'd have to be a man because a woman has stuff going all the time. If I'm the enemy, my goal is to take and begin on that woman's mind, because of how it's made, to begin to put stress on it, begin to put weight on it, begin to put worry. Can I just say to you, worry is not a spiritual gift. Okay? Worry is not a spiritual gift. Anxiety is not a spiritual gift. But the design of the enemy is to come, and because of how God made women, for women to become stressed out in ways that it often doesn't have the same effect on a man. Let me say this again. A couple goes through financial issues in their life. A man can open it up. They can talk about the debt, talk about the stress, talk about the bills. They have that conversation. He's in there in the moment. He closes the drawer. He can move on and go have a game of golf. When the woman talks about the financial stress, the conversation's done. But can I tell you, that financial stuff is on that mind All day long, it is on the mind when they go to bed. It's on the mind when they wake up in the middle of the night. It's on the mind when they wake up in the morning. That financial stress is on here the entire time. The man just closed the drawer and doesn't think about it again until the drawer opens up. How the heck is that possible? Because we're made different. I want to just throw one generalization out there. I believe partly because of that, God made us men to deal with certain things that we should not put on women. I don't believe women were designed to handle the weight of financial stress because they can't close the drawer. I believe that's why a guy like Dave Ramsey says, a guy like Craig Hill says, a guy like anybody who's in the area of finance says, men, you need to catch hold of the fact that virtually every woman needs about three months worth of expenses in a savings account over here as a cushion just to put their mind at ease. Men don't need that. Somehow men have the ability to go from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck and we think about it, we pay the bills if we're late, well, that's fine, we close the drawer, we're good. Women can't close the drawer. I need you to help me this morning for a bit because I'm not a woman. I don't know how this works. Every one of these bricks is going to represent something that lands on the mind of a woman that she thinks about in order to put weight and pressure and stress and worry and anxiety. All of these represent things that weigh on a woman's mind that create help me out give me one Uh, I'll just say this again I'd like all the women (laughs) to respond I'll get you in a minute Richard women I want to know the things the enemy hits you with that puts the mental weight you know exactly what I'm talking about children how many kids have you got colleen give me another one body Body image how many bricks should i put for that one whoa (laughs) i didn't bring enough bricks it'll represent one but it's huge it's true give me another one husband i got nine bricks here i'm going to put two for that one because we'll get to that in a bit Give me another one. Finance. Finance. I'm going to put three for that one. I could do one for all these, but give me another one. Say again. Health. Yep. Every one of these could have more than one, but I'm just going to represent. Give me another one. Girlfriends. Girlfriends. Relationships. Totally. Give me another one. Fear. Fear. Say again. Fear. Fear. Yep. Fear in what? Can I have you be specific? Health area. Okay, I'll throw that on because health, health is huge. Give me another one. Domestic challenges. Totally. Give me another one. What to flip and cook for dinner. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. It, you, you, you see it inside of a woman when all of a sudden, you know, the husband phones or, or even the leadership team. I'll phone and I'll say, hey, on this night uh, we're having a meeting and I'll provide supper. It's like, oh, don't have to think about it. It's true. guys just taking your wife out so she doesn't have to think about it lifts a brick off for a short period of time we'll talk about that in a second give me something else give me the weight huh cleaning totally that's why people some some people go it is worth more money to me to have someone else do it so i don't even have to think about it yeah not having enough help or resources doing things alone how am i going to do this And can I just say to you, you don't just have to be a single lady. You can be a married person and still have that same issue. Like, where is he? How come he's not around? Why doesn't he do it? We'll talk about that in a second. Say it again. Totally. Work. My goodness. There are women working today. More women working today. The only other time was greater was right after the Second World War. Work is a huge mental stress. Emotional. Outside and inside. Got to run both. Say it again. Co-workers. I don't have 19 here, but I represents one. Co-workers. Relationships. Absolutely. Give me another one. Say it again. In-laws. Oh, in-laws. Back the truck up, shall we? Give me another one. Say it again. Grocery shopping. Give me another one. Huh? God time. Give me another one. Future. Give me another one. Grandchildren. Grandchildren. Give me another one. Okay, we could go on all day, guys, what the enemy throws upon the mind of a woman. Let me just say it again really clearly. When all of these things land on a man, all he does is find one of his drawers, stick it in, close the drawer, and just walks away. Don't, don't, have, don't think about it emotionally. Don't, don't carry it. Let me just say this really quickly. You know a man is going through breakdown, going through crisis, going through whatever, when he loses the ability to shut the drawers, and all of a sudden there's a spiritual thing that goes on where you have a bunch of drawers inside the man that he can't close, a man will begin shutting down. A man will begin going through depression. A man will begin going through burnout. Okay, That's a whole other psychological thing we're not going to get into today. But as a whole, all these things you take put it in a drawer, put it in a drawer, put it in a drawer. All the drawers close. We can handle this stuff we don't carry it. You women, look at where your mind is. And we could have another, how many more bricks of weight because those thoughts are weights upon your mind. Now, I want to say this to you really clearly. How many of you men, I want to see your hands raised. How many of you men were raised in a home that taught you that when you get married, this is how your wife This is how she works. This is her mind. This is what the enemy tries to do to steal from her, to rob, destroy, put weight on her, anxiety, stress. Your parents sat down and said, son, this is how you lift the weights off of your wife so that she can walk without anxiety, walk without worry, walk without fear. She can live in rest. I just want to see, by a show of hands, how many of you men were raised in a home where your parents trained you to lift the weight off of your wife's mind and emotions so that she could live free? How many of you were raised in a home that taught you that? Men. Look around, everybody. Look around. Won't take long. Not a single one. That means when we as men ended up in a relationship with a woman, and this is how our mind works, and for most of us went, what the flip? It doesn't bother me. Why does it bother you? Basically, the expectation is that you should be like a man, and we're going to relate to you like a man. When all this stuff began landing on top of you, and we're going, what's wrong? How come you are that way? Why don't you want to go out tonight? How come you're not? Can I, can I just say this to you? One of the most profound things that Jesus did when he was on earth, apart from healing and delivering and doing whatever, one of the most profound things is Jesus came down and understood the mind of a woman. Can I, can I say that to you? Jesus radicalized society by the way he related to women. I want you to understand just for a second, and I want to use a very extreme example because there was a lot of them. There was a woman who came into Jesus' life. She was a prostitute, which meant she basically gave her body for money all the time. By the time he found her, she had seven demons on the inside of her. This woman was carrying some massive mental and emotional weight. Jesus entered into that woman's life, and can I just say this to you, without expecting anything from her, did not expect a single thing from her. Here's a little tip. Uh, men, when we get to a point when we're healthy enough that we do not go and suck from our wives, meaning we need nothing from them, but I'm complete enough, I'm full enough that my, I can pour into them instead of drawing from them. Jesus stepped into this woman's life, did not need a single thing from her, and the way he related to her, he began taking off all of these things until this woman was absolutely free mentally, emotionally, physically, and she dedicated the rest of her life to follow Jesus. Why? Because she had never known peace the way she knew it with him. All of that stuff was lifted and I want to just make it really clear that when you become demonized, those demons in your life are a massive weight upon you as a man or a woman, but on a woman and to have those broken off of you and all of that weight to come off and the mind to be free to be the way God created it to be, That's what Jesus did with woman after woman after woman. I want you to get that picture because we talked about this with Martha and Mary a little bit earlier. Here's the picture of Jesus in their home. Mary is sitting down over here. Here's Martha. Here's what Jesus said to Martha. Martha, you got too many bricks on your head. That's what he said. Martha, you're too concerned about too many things. Martha, you're worrying about stuff that's not really important. Martha, you're weighed down up here and as a result of that, you're stressing out and then you're looking at Mary who's sitting at the feet and going, what is wrong with that woman? Jesus, rebuke her. Tell her to get up and get more bricks on her head. And what does Jesus say? He said, Martha, you're the one with the problem. You got too many bricks. Mary has chosen and has learned how to set the bricks off and sit down and just receive the good thing to be in peace. So I ask you the question, women, how did you learn to get to a point where you walk brick-free? These aren't my words. These are Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. We won't talk about men today, but women, be anxious for nothing, which means don't have a single brick on your head. No weight, no anxiety, no stress, no worry. How do you get to that point? Can I say to you, Jesus' heart for every one of you women is for you to be mentally free. For you to enter into a rest mentally and emotionally and physically, a rest that women of the world will never have. Because I don't know apart from Christ that you can do this very well. I need to do two things really quickly and then we're going to close. But the one thing is, I want to hear from some of you women who have learned some of these things. I want to learn what you actually have learned to do in order to take the bricks off and to walk with your mind the way that it's made, all the wires, all the firing, to walk without the weight of that so you walk at a place of peace. I want to tell you, I wish age could do this. You sit down with some women who are 70, 60, 80 years of age, they have not, age does not teach you this. All age does is take the ruts and the lies that you've been living your whole life and entrench them even farther. I'm going to ask you women, first of all, but the second part of it is I need to share a couple things with us men how to go about lifting these weights, not only from our wives and the mother of our children, but how to lift them from our moms. I was thinking about that this week. H- how do I lift some of those weights off of my mom, who's a single lady now? Dad died eight years ago. You imagine when you're single, all of the stuff that lands on you that never used to because dad was alive and dad looked after and Mom goes, dad looked after this and dad looked after this and dad looked after this and all of a sudden dad passes away. She's going, now it's all on me. And now my role as a son to step into my mom's life and begin to lift some of the bricks off her so she can get back to the place where her mind and her body, she's living free. Ladies, you're first. I need to know some of the things that you have learned in order to keep all of this plethora of bricks off of you so that you can walk without that weight. Judy, give me one. It's true. Yeah, just so that the, the, the computer gets it, Judy talked about that scripture that says, take every thought captive to the obedience. And she said sometimes when that stuff hits you, you've got to do it every five minutes when that thought comes. And really what's happening is the design of the enemy, is to place a thought on you that if you receive it, it's going to become a brick. You recognize it's coming in. You recognize there's a weight to it, a heaviness to it. You take that captive and then you, you do what you've learned to do with those thoughts. First thing you do is you take that and you go, God, is that from you? If that thought was not from God, you instantly resist it and you let it fall and smash to the ground. If it is from God, then you receive it. But can I tell you, thoughts from God will not put weight and heavy on your mind. They will not. Someone once said you can be deaf, dumb, and stupid and still know when God's talking to you. Because when it comes with a weight that is going to rob your peace and joy, you know that is not in the character of God. I'll tell you, there are some women who have not learned to capture their thoughts. There's a pile of men who have not learned to capture their thoughts either, but we're talking about women right now. Jude, that's great. Women, give me another one. Heather. Yeah. So let me just divide that up for a second. Heather made the statement and said, protecting your peace. I think there's incredible revelation there because when you wake up in the morning and you recognize today the enemy is going to come at me from 15 different angles in order for me to lose my peace, for me to lose my joy, in order for that weight to come. When you recognize that something is going to come at you, you are already prepared for it. So when it comes, you're going, I'm not surprised. But when you step into that day and you are totally oblivious that the design of the enemy is to put all kinds of bricks on you that by the end of the day you're totally stressed, you're carrying this weight, it robs you of sleep and you wake up the next morning and you're still carrying that. If you're unaware of it, it's going to land on you. When you have that peace and it's coming at you, you protect that with everything you're worth. And, and can I just give you one? I thought about doing it, but I didn't do it. But I thought about going to the t-shirt shop, making a t-shirt for every one of you women that had some style on it, and all it would say on it is, just say no. When the demand comes, just say no. When something else comes, just say no. At times when your husband comes, just say no. At times when all your children come asking you to do things that they should do in their own, just say no. When the boss is landing something on you that's outside of your, just say no. I want to tell you a life in the pit of hell that's been exonerated in the church for years. People will talk about their mom and said, she, she, she could do amazing things. People just gave her things. She just gave. She, she went from morning till night. She just did. She just did. She, just, she was just amazing. She was an energizer. Bunny. Can I tell you, that's not health. That's stupidity. That's a woman that didn't learn how to say no. That's a woman who took on responsibility that they should have never taken on, that she should have left someone else carry, but they took it on because they go, that's my role. That's what I do. No, can I say it's not your role? I want to say this to you, and you you may get it now, you may not. I remember when our kids were little, God strongly laid upon Jane and Mai the belief that said, we we are not as parents to be responsible for our children. God said, you are not to be responsible for your children. It's like, okay, God, keep speaking. He said, you are responsible to teach your children to be responsible for themselves. Can I translate that to the church? God said, Colin, you're not responsible for people in the church. You are responsible to empower the people in the church to be responsible for themselves. If I was responsible for you, I'd have burned out a long time ago. It's not my job. It's not my job as a parent to be responsible for my children. It is my job to empower them to be responsible for themselves. Because if I don't protect my peace, no one's going to. If, as a woman, you don't protect your peace, no one's going to. Well, that's not quite true, but you really have to rise up for that. Give me, give me, give me another one. What do you do to lift the brick? Jane? Yeah, attitude of gratitude. First world problems. That, that, there's real revelation there. You ever hear people standing in the line at Tim Hortons and they're complaining? It's like, what the flip? You ever hear someone trying to use their cell phone and it's not going through quick enough and they start complaining? I remember, who is, who is it? it was a, uh, what, what's the name of that? Yeah, Louis C.K. makes a statement. He, he said... You know, you're, you're trying to do your cell phone and it's not coming through and you're going, what's going on? I mean, what? And he's going, give it a minute. It's going to space and coming back again. Like, give it a minute. But it's really true. Getting a revelation that some of the stuff you put in perspective and it's not an issue at all. So what if there's 10 people in front of you at Tim Hortons? You have a Tim Hortons. You have the money. You've got the time to do it. You're going to get a suite that the majority of the world doesn't get. What, what the flip? Chill out. Enjoy the moment. That's, that's, that's a good one, Jane what else to lift the brick oh yeah yeah so let's divide that really quick one of them is entering into worship it is amazing we we know the great example again king saul had a pile of bricks on his head he was demonized right david began to worship in his presence and all of a sudden all of those bricks lifted and and king saul even in his demonic torment began to experience peace in his mind that's a beautiful picture Worship has the ability to lift a pile of bricks off a person and bring you to the point where I'm brick-free. In the presence of God, I'm brick-free. That's why the last thing the enemy wants is for you as a woman to discover and enter into personal worship. Not just... Can I say, if, if all you do is worship on Sunday, you're going down. Personal worship lifts bricks. It lifts bricks. That's true for you men too, by the way. But it lifts bricks. And the second one, talking about identity. Here's the deal... The moment, I'm just, the moment I discover that I'm not responsible for everybody, that I'm not God, I can begin to go, hey, I'm a child of God, not God. And then I learn not to carry it, but I learn to cast it. I have a dad. I cast it. I cast it. I, I got to tell you, about four weeks ago, something was hitting me, and I got to a point, and literally, it was literally, all day long, I was just going, I'm casting that over to you, God. About a minute later, God, I'm casting that over to you again. I spent my whole day casting stuff that was trying to land on me all day long. I was battling. I was casting, 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 casting. You know why? Because I realized that I'm not the parent. I'm the child. Too many women have become adults. They forgot they have a father who was meant to carry all that stuff on really big shoulders. The moment you identify you're the little girl and dad carries that weight, the bricks start coming off. Last thing the enemy wants is for you to find out your identity. That's powerful. Liz. One more, and then i got to get to the men, so we're out of here quick. Say again externalize instead of internalize. Two times deep. Are you in university? What you're talking about is instead of taking all that stuff inside of you and ruminating on here, you actually take that and you separate it from yourself and you look at it objectively. It's really true. That's a skill. We should take a lot of time to talk about that because a lot of men don't know how to do that either. They can't differentiate and so they deal with everything on the inside when it's not supposed to get there. Shay, that's powerful. Your husband's a blessed man. Okay. We could spend all day. I want to just spend a few minutes because um, when we saw the massive show of hands before of all the men who've been taught how to help their wives lift that weight, it was basically a statement that most of us entered into relationship, marriage relationship, and also entered into adulthood not knowing how to lift the weight off of our wife, our children's mom, off of our own mom's. I was going to ask the question, but I'm not going to. How many of you men would like to learn how to lift the weight off of your wife? I won't even ask that because most of that means it will have to become more responsible and most men don't want to do that. So I'm not going to ask that. I'm just going to share with you what God gave me. Okay? Men, can you write this down? I don't want the women to write anything today. But men, if you have your bulletin pen, if all you do is write it down, throw it in the garbage after we're done, that's great. Don't get your wife to write it down. This is Mother's Day. I'd like you to write it down. And it's possible that some of the things I share today, the Holy Spirit might actually use them. Um, I want every one of these things to be tested by the women, the litmus test of the women in here. So before I share, before I'm going to say it, and then I'll say to you women, is this true? And then if it's true, then I'll I'll finish it. If it's not true, then I'll just shut that down and go on. Because I I, I don't want to speak for you, but I do want to throw out there what the Lord laid in my heart what I believe is, uh, is important. Would you write this down? Men, for the first thing, one of the most significant ways that we can lift the weight off of our wives, our children's mothers, even our own mother, is to love ourselves. Would you write that down? Love yourself. Women, would you agree that if your husband had a healthy sense of self-love, that he would not be the weight of like another child or five children in your home? Okay, let me go on for a second. The vast majority of men enter into a relationship and don't have a healthy esteem or love for self. As a result of that, what they do is they put the pressure upon their spouse in order to meet their need, make them feel better, prop up their self worth, deal with their low self esteem, love me, give to me, I'm gonna suck from you, I'm still a little child taking from you in order for me to feel good. When a man gets to a point where he loves himself, the truth is he stops drawing from his wife as the source of him feeling good about himself. In a healthy relationship with God, he fills up with God and he enters into his relationship full. So he's looking at his wife going, I'm not here to take from you. I'm here to pour into you. Men who love themselves do not draw from their wives. Here's the amazing thing. Men who love themselves do not put the weight of their happiness, their worth on their wives going, you need to mother me. You need to look after me. You need to meet the needs in my life. No, they don't put that on their wives. They put that on God and God meets that, so when they get to their wife, they're going, I'm not needing anything from you. I am now in a position where I can think about you and begin to be a person who lifts these off of you because it's not about me in this relationship. I don't want you to raise your hand, women. How many of you at any point in your marriage felt like your husband was another child? And the pressure and weight from your husband was even greater than your children because he's an adult. You expect less from children, but you expect more from an adult. And when that adult becomes a sucking child, you go, man, the weight of that man in my life is worse than all my kids. Don't raise your hand. Can I just say, as a man, when you get to a point, one of the greatest things you can do to lift the weight off of your spouse is to get to a point where you have a healthy love for you, where you no longer look at your spouse to be responsible for your worth, your happiness, your joy, You find that in yourself from God, and you go to your spouse, I'm here to give, not to get. Some of you men aren't very happy with me, but I'm okay. Would you write down number two? Step in without being asked. Step in without being asked. Let me give you an example. I come home at the end of my day. I see Jane. Jane standing at the counter she's prepared a meal all our family's coming over she's standing at the counter she's washing all the dishes waiting for the family to come over and cleaning up the kitchen all the stuff is cooked it's just waiting and i grab my cold drink and i sit down on the on the chair and i watch her has that ever happened to you ladies don't raise your hand i'm not asking you to be truthful okay this morning let me say this really clearly men um Mothers ask children to do things because there's a transition point where you no longer have to ask them, but the child actually goes, oh, I need to pick up my clothes without being asked. That's when you, they're shifting from childhood to adulthood, okay? When they no longer have to be asked. It's crazy that men in a marriage relationship have been there for 20, 30 years and they're still having to be asked by their spouse. If your spouse is asking you to do things that responsibly you should be on, doing on your own, you, you're still a child. Let, let's just get that straight out that You're still a child. You still need a mother to ask you things. But as a man, when you get to a point where you don't have to be asked, but all of a sudden your eye is open and you have an ability to look and you see, you know what, here's my wife. She's got a bunch of things on her mind that's going to rob and and rob the all enjoyment. I, I grab my drink, I have a drink, I step over and I say, Jane, let me finish the dishes. You go off and do whatever else you need to do. Without being asked, the moment I ask that question and I say, give me the dishes, I just take a couple of bricks off her mind and she's free to go and do something else. I'm not taking them all off, but I'm lifting a few bricks without being asked. We went to a marriage conference one time, and and the guy at the conference, he said, the number one role of a parent raising children is to remove selfishness by the time they leave home. That didn't happen in most men's lives. But for you and I as men to have an ability to look at my mom, I see things are weighing on her. She's single. She can't do it. She tells me some things. But I look and I go, there's some things that are stressing my mom out, like... She's got to get her winter tires changed because winter's coming and, and dad's not around to do that. And I say, Mom, I say, can I come out and can I take your vehicle over and, and switch the winter tires for you and do that? Just a bunch of bricks go lifting off. And guess she goes, Call. I was just thinking about that. I was just worrying about how I was going to do that. In that relationship, I became a man and not a boy because my mom didn't have to ask me. I could give you a hundred of examples, a hundred examples but men, we need to get to a point where we look, we have a revelation of where and what is on our wife's mind, what's robbing them, the whole deal. And without being asked, step in and go, let me do the vacuuming. You and do something else. Let me put the kids to bed. Why don't you go have a bath? Would you write down another one? This one isn't tangible, but this one is absolutely tangible. How many of you men believe, don't raise your hand, how many of you men believe that as we war and pray, especially as we pray in the spirit for our spouse, that in the spirit, because we're praying directly in the will of God, that there are things in the spiritual realm that are lifting from our spouse because we're not battling against flesh and blood. We're battling against principalities and powers, right? Can you imagine being raised in a home where you watched your dad Warring in the spirit for your mom in order for all of this weight, all of this anxiety, all of this worry to be lifted. Warring in the heavenlies, praying in the spiritual realm for all of this stuff to be removed. Do you think our prayers in the spirit would have an impact on lifting bricks from our spouse? I'm not even going to ask you. But all I'd have to do is say, men, how many of you men spend at least one hour a week in prayer, in the spirit, warring for your wife? don't raise your hand. The majority of men would say not even five minutes. Very few men would say, I spend a half hour a day or an hour a day warring for my wife because I know what is trying to land on her and so for me, I'm the priest in the home. I'm going to warn the heavenlies and drive that stuff back. That wasn't modeled for us, guys. Most of us didn't wake up in the morning and see our dad in the living room on his knees crying out, praying in the spirit, warring for his wife, warring for his kids. Because he recognized that as he prayed, hedges were put around and she lived in a freedom without a pile of weight. Most of us didn't see that. We weren't raised with that. So the majority of godly husbands spend about this much time worrying in the spirit, praying for their spouse. Let me give you another one. I said it earlier. We read it over and over and over and over and over. But I'm going to say it to you again this morning. One of the great designs of the enemy to rob from a woman's life is in the area of Finance worrying about finance, stressing what's going to happen, what if something breaks down, what are we going to do? I believe it is godly counsel where they say, men, when you understand the weight, the financial weight, especially when there's debt, the financial weight on a woman's mind, do whatever you need to do to put that three-month reserve over here because that will lift like 15 bricks off of their mind going, okay, now I can be at peace. Things can happen. We have a reserve. We're going to be okay. Okay. Women were not designed to live paycheck to paycheck. They were not designed to live in debt. They were not designed to live with that financial weight and pressure. We experienced that in our life. I didn't know the impact of that until that weight was lifted off of Jane and I saw that she became like a new creature. If all you get out of this morning, man, is you go, you know what? I need to be powerfully at work putting a three-month reserve away so I can lift every financial weight and pressure off my wife, it'll be worth it all. If that's all you get out of today, that'll be worth it all. Let me give you the last one really quick. Last one I got. There's more. Would you write down ask? Just write down the word ask. I want to say this to you really clearly. Because we don't have the mind of a woman and because we're not as smart as we think we are. When I walk in the door, I come home, and I'm not waiting for Jane to say, call, could you get off the chair and could you do the dishes? I got more things to do. Honestly, there's times she'll say that. I'll get up and do it. Okay, that's reality. But let me tell you where you get to, where I walk in the door and I see stuff going on and I'm not picking up exactly, but I I say to her, and this is what I say, I'm not using this terminology, but I go, Jane, what could I do for you right now that would lift the greatest weight from you? What could I do? I don't know what the heaviest bricks are on her, but I say, Jane, what what is the heaviest one? Let me lift it from you. And she will say to me, if you could do this, that would help me a great deal. (laughs) Doing it. I didn't know it. I'm not smart enough. Can't pick it up. I don't know her brain. But I can ask a three-letter question. Ask. How can I help you? What's weighing on you? What could bring you closer to peace? Can I just say you don't have to be really smart to ask a question. But can I also say to you, don't ask if you're not going to do it. Because there's nothing more wounding than asking and saying, what would you like me to do to lift the weight? And she tells you and you go, I don't really feel like doing that. I'm going golfing. Don't ask. But if the heart is to get your wife to a place like Jesus did with women, to the place where their mind has nothing on it and they have the ability to be joyful, peaceful, even though their mind is this way, for there to be peace, Jesus is going, learn from me. I was pretty good at it with women. Men, this is our wife's mind. Men, this is our mother's mind. This is a generalization. There are some women who are like this. Not many. There are some men who are like this. Not many. But if we can understand the way God made our wife, our children's mother, our own mother, and go, God, use me as an instrument not to put more bricks on, but to take them off. What a difference their life would be. Any questions about that? Anything not clear? Could I brand this image inside of you? As a man, am I going to be a bricklayer or a bricklifter? I know what Jesus was. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, when Jesus came, he not only touched, but he modeled. And I want to thank you that all around him, that he began to do in the lives of women what nobody else did. He began lifting bricks. He began shattering the weight. He began bringing women to a place where they could sit at his feet in peace and in rest and be anxious for nothing. I thank you, Jesus, that you loved yourself so much that when you entered into a relationship with them, you did not have a relationship where you sucked from them and added more weight, but because you were whole and complete, you took it off of them. Father, make us men like that. Make us husbands like that. Make us fathers like that. Make us sons like that. Give us revelation of the beauty with which you made women and how to be an instrument of peace in their lives. I thank you, Father, that you are the greatest brick lifter. I thank you that you are the one who enters into relationship with your daughters, and you begin to lift the weight, the anxiety, the worry, the stress. You allow your little girls to know who they are, And to cast it all over to you, Dad. So they can be carefree. Would you release that grace over every one of your daughters in this place today? Would you empower them to turn it over? Would you take it from them? Seal what you have done in this place today. Holy Spirit, bring back to remembrance. And empower us as men to be Christ-like. I declare over you what you already know. The Lord bless you today and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and fill you full of his peace. No bricks. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.